Hi, and welcome to Grazia Life Advice, Grazia Magazine's podcast. I'm Hattie Crisell, and each week I speak to women worth listening to, asking them to share six pieces of advice they really value and the worst piece of advice they've ever received. My guest this week is the actress and novelist Catherine Steadman. Catherine's been acting for over a decade and she's a familiar face on British television. You may remember her as Downton Abbey's Mabel Lane Fox, but she's also had roles in Fresh Meat, The Inbetweeners, Victoria and many more shows, as well as film roles in About Time and Salmon Fishing in the Yemen. But last year she revealed another talent. Her first novel, Something in the Water, became a New York Times bestseller and the movie rights have been optioned with Reese Witherspoon attached. It's an incredible page turner and it's out in paperback on the 16th of May. Catherine dropped by Grazia HQ to share some very comforting and motivational advice. So let us know what you think of this episode on Twitter or Instagram with the hashtag Grazia Life Advice. For now, over to Catherine. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, We're here today mainly to talk about your novel, which is just about to come out in paperback something in the water and as I was just saying to you before we started recording I finished it last night and I've been completely gripped by it for the last like three three days (laughs) without giving too much away it's it's really about sort of how much we can surprise ourselves and other people can surprise us with what we're capable of or what we're willing to do isn't it Mm -hmm. yeah do you sort of remember the kind of genesis of this idea was there something that just pinged in your head one day? Um, Yeah, I suppose, well, there are two sort of separate events. Like The first one was I was filming in South Africa on um, Tutankhamun, which was an ITV series about um, Howard Carter discovering the tomb of Tutankhamun. And we were filming in the uh, desert in uh, Namibia, and it was absolutely boiling. It was, I think, in in Celsius, it was like 40, 45 and we were wearing Victorian costumes, so corsets, you know, little boots laced up to the shin, and we were absolutely boiling. And um, there were extras fainting all around us, and we had to keep stop. <laughs> we had to stop <laughs> filming and um, take these sort of electrolyte drinks every half hour to stop us oh all, my goodness. you know, uh, getting heat stroke. So I just couldn't stop thinking about this idea of water and what I was going to do when I finished filming, like go on holidays and you know, go in a swimming pool and be by the sea and have a breeze around me. Um, so, yeah, so I was thinking about that. So those ideas were kind of filtering through my mind. And then I came back to England. Obviously, it was grey and, you know, rainy and it was just pre-Christmas. And I just started thinking of the idea of what would someone do if they found something? Kind of that idea of, like, what would you do if you found uh, some money in the street, like a £20 mm. note in the street? and it didn't belong to anyone, what would you do with it? And then sort of extrap- extrapolating from that and uh, and thinking, what if it was something bigger? Would that change your decision? Um, yeah. And what would the knock-on sort of impact of that be? Yeah. yeah. It's fascinating, isn't it? Because, you, yeah, you do have this character who at the beginning is relative, well, perhaps not the beginning of the book, but the beginning of her story is relatively kind of normal and uh, and then we just see how these kind of huge decisions start to change her perception of who she is yeah exactly she's um she's sort of confronted by a lot of uh decisions that she thought she knew what she would do in those circumstances but when they become actual you know actionable events she doesn't do what she thought she'd do yeah and then her opinion of um 
you know, her previous opinion on other people begins to change as well. Um, yeah, I'm just interested in that kind of moral ambiguity and um, the idea that lots of people can commit very different crimes or, or similar crimes even, and um, our view on them can be very, very different. So w- one of the things that I'm sure must have um, helped this to become the massive bestseller it has been is that it was picked up by Reese Witherspoon's book club. Yeah. I mean, and that's huge. I think it's partic- probably particularly huge in America, mm. but um, incredible reach. So I mean, what was that like? Like, how did you even find out that it happened? Well, it was absolutely and- amazing. It's like, <laughs> it, well, it's, it's kind of the stuff of dreams. Like, um, it was it was great. I think I got the call really late in the evening. And um, I ran into the house. This seems to happen to me a lot. I ran into the house and the phone was already ringing. And um, I sat down and it was my agent, um, Camilla Ray. She just said, I've got some really great news. Um, I know... We haven't. We hadn't even done like a proof, uh, a proof yet of the book. It was the manuscript that had been sort of knocking around, yeah. and um, somehow Reese Witherspoon uh, had got hold of a copy of the manuscript, and um, she not only did she love it, she, um, Camilla told me that she was ringing around studios in LA to try and get a co-production company to oh to purchase it with her. So, yeah, it was just absolutely amazing. It was very. Very surreal. Yeah. yeah. And was it a real game changer in terms of the publicity that it was getting and um, the sales? Yeah, um, I guess so. Yeah, definitely in America. I mean, I think uh, her book club over there is an absolute huge deal. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she uh, she picks sort of books which are female led by female authors um, with strong kind of feminine uh, feminist messages. So that was just amazing. And um I mean, I, I trust her opinion as well. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've read all the books on her book club. And, um, you know, she's got a really good eye. Um, so, yeah, it was fantastic. And it had a huge effect. And yeah. it's still having a huge effect. Yeah. And it has been optioned by Warner Brothers. Are we going to uh, Fox. Right? Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry. Fox. Um, and um, I think I'm allowed to say that um, they've just re-optioned it again. That's great. Yeah, so that's really good. Okay. Um, very exciting. Yeah, very exciting. Um you're also a successful actress and you've been in more things than I can list now, but Downton Abbey is one that people often talk yeah. about. Salmon fishing in the Yemen, I believe. Yes, yes. About that. time. Yeah. Um, and I know you're you're currently working on a, is it a show, The Rook? Yes, it's an American TV series, um, which is set in London. Um, it's kind of X-Men-y, but it's not. It's kind of more organic than that. It's less sort of costumey, less okay. character, cartoony. So... You've, I mean, what is it like to have these two very distinct careers of novelist and actress? Um, yeah, it's really great. It's um, it's kind of like having a holiday from one when you're doing the other. Yeah, <laughs> they're so completely different. Um, like when I when I when you're acting, obviously you do some of your work at home, like you learn your lines at home, but the majority of it is you know with a lot of people. Like you get there at five in the morning, and there's people everywhere touching your face, touching your hair, and then yes. you're on set and you're doing whatever you're doing. Um, but with writing, you've got the luxury of sort of, you can do it in your pyjamas, do it in the bedroom. Yeah. Don't even have to go out of bed. Um, totally different experience. <laughs> yeah, it's different. And also, uh, I, I was talking to my American publisher the other day and she was saying, is it is it similar? And I was saying, it's sort of like a director is like an editor. But when you're acting, you're on set and the director says, no, don't do it like that. Do it like this. Or have mm. you thought of maybe doing this? Whereas um, an editor will send you an email and say right. <laughs> And then you'll have like a couple of weeks to think about it. <laughs> a bit or, less immediate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, okay, let's get started on your brilliant advice. Mm-hmm. Tell me your first piece of advice. So I think this is, um, I don't know, I don't know if this will apply to everyone, but I, it certainly helps me. Keep your goals to yourself. When I wrote the book, I didn't want, I didn't tell anyone I was writing a book, first of all. And uh, I know that there are, I know that there have been like psychological studies about the effect of telling lots of people your goals and whether that helps you achieve them or not. And I think there's, there's a school of thought that if you, if you tell a lot of people, it's almost like you've kind of already done it. Right. Like if you say, I'm going to be a best-selling author and everyone's like, oh yeah, you probably will be. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're like, yeah, I probably would be. Maybe I won't bother. Um, <laughs> like you would be kind of ticked yeah, it off exactly. at that point. <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas I, I personally, I find that if I keep it to myself, then there's more impetus for me to actually sit down and do it. And also I, I feel like um, you can keep sort of the magical luster on something until you've actually created it and, and it's ready to push out into the world. Yeah. Yeah. So at what point did you start telling people that you were writing the novel? Not till I'd written it. I wrote the whole thing yeah I finished it yeah because I because I feel like um you don't know you know don't count chickens before they've hatched (laughs) yeah um I didn't know if it would be any good I didn't know if I'd have time to finish it um didn't know if I'd sort of be whisked off and have to do you know another um job in a foreign country or what was going to happen so and I really didn't want to be one of those people who um, is like, I'm, I'm writing a book. I've been doing it for 10 years. I'll get there in the end. Um, so I just thought, no, just either do it or don't do it. Don't sort of waffle on about it. Yeah. yeah. Have you always been a writer? Um, no, I, I think, well, when I was at school, I was really into it. But I always, from my, my perspective, I always thought that the best sort of format for storytelling was acting, which I've always really, really enjoyed. And I sort of stumbled on the writing when I when I came up with the idea, it just sort of sat down and started doing it. And I was like, I get as much pleasure out of writing as I do out of acting. And it never even occurred to me that there were two sort of options for storytelling. Yeah. Um, and it's really nice to be able to come at it from a completely different perspective. I know there was um, quite a funny review in the New York Times of your book, which I can't, um, I'll have to paraphrase, along oh. the lines of, you know, isn't it so annoying when it turns out that somebody is good at two different Oh, things? that's nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you've, yeah you're yeah. making us all feel it's very It's so funny because I, yeah, I um, I think they're, they're very similar. In certain ways, they're very, very similar. You know, you're, you're, you're sort of following characters through, except you get to play all the characters when you're writing a book, you yeah. know. Um, and I think a lot of actors read a lot of scripts and I think, you know, a lot of stuff goes in via osmosis and you have a natural understanding of like uh, structure and points in the drama that need to happen and, yes. you know, character development and all of that sort of stuff. So let's move on to your second piece mm. of advice, which is Shakespearean. Yes, um, there's nothing good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Which I suppose is like... Uh, I feel like you might have had this a lot before. No, on, I don't, on, not that I'm aware show. of. Yeah, it's just that thing about framing and perspective. I think um, every situation has got two sides to it and you can sort of choose to see the good or the bad in anything, really. You can make a heaven of hell or a hell of heaven if yeah. you're that way inclined. And uh, yeah, surely better to look on the bright side. Yeah, yeah. are you a positive thinker? Yeah, I think so. I think maybe to a fault, which we'll come to in further pieces of advice. Um, but yeah, I do. I do tend to think, uh, you know, oh, the train's late. I can finish my book or, <laughs> you know, things like that. Or like I got here an hour early and I was like, 
time for a coffee. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it's always helpful, especially when you're an actor. And I, I think uh, it's the kind of career where you can you can be, you know, affected by things or you can just think I get to mess around for a living. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's nice. Mm. Um, and your third piece of advice is about not thinking big picture. Yeah, this is more of like a practical thing because I know you've had a couple of guests who've been so practical. Like um, one of the pieces of advice you've had is like take a battery pack. Like I was like, <laughs> and it's this always is always good advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, always good advice. And I was like, maybe I should add take a bottle of water with you wherever you go. But no, my most practical is this one. It's just the the the, the idea of like, for example, if you if you're a writer and you're looking to sort of you know write your first novel then don't think about writing your first novel. Just think about sitting down every day and writing 2,000 words. Or maybe not even 2,000 words, maybe like five 500 words. Yeah. And it, and it will be done before you know it. And characters will come to you, ideas will come to you. And it's just that idea of like, I know some people do like, a, some people get really into like goal planning and that sort of thing, like pyramids of whatever. Yeah. And at the top you see something like spurious, like win an Oscar. <laughs> you're like wait 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 <laughs> you literally just want to win an Oscar or you want to do like a body of work in which you you know you're really proud of all the characters you've played and eventually for a specific part you receive an award <laughs> and you're like you know I just that thing of like breaking things down and working out exactly what you want to achieve and and then just really slowly doing it chipping away yeah, at exactly yeah. yeah so are you somebody who has a sense of what you would like to achieve over the next 10 years or are you somebody who's more focused on like what you want the next thing to be? I think the next thing yeah I'm quite a practical person so I don't see like a a novel as I'm going to sit down and write my next novel I just think today I'm planning I'm working out what the hook of my story is or what characters I'm interested in uh, sort of delving into and I don't sort of think uh is this, you know, going to be like a 100,000 word masterpiece? Is it going <laughs> to win a Pulitzer Prize? Um, I just think like page by page, is it going to grab the reader? Is it going to hold interest? Do I like it? Would I want to read it? Um, just simple things like that, you know. Yeah. Also, I think, you know, if you get too focused on, is this going to be a great novel? That's really um terrifying and yeah actually absolutely stop yeah at all. absolutely yeah really inhibiting um and it's that way with anything I mean if you think you know oh like we've just moved house if it's like you know, I've got to make this house the perfect house <laughs> rather than just like hmm maybe we should move the washing machine downstairs <laughs> maybe that's a good start point start small yeah <laughs> okay um let's move on to your fourth piece of advice tell me about this one Oh, yeah. Don't take anything too personally. This is something you learn very quickly as an actor. God, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. Um, yeah. It's um, basically, I think, you know, every, everyone is dealing with their own stuff. If somebody says something, makes a comment, does anything, it's because they've got a million and one things going on in their life. And... Um, you just can't take it personally, uh, especially in London. Everyone's wandering around with all kinds of tensions going on. Yeah. If you took everything, you know, to heart, then you'd be racked with anguish. But yeah, just don't take anything too personally. Like I remember, um, you know, lots of jobs. Like um, you, you come out in a costume and you'll come to set, and the director will go, "Okay, oh no, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah." It's just things like that, you know. Um, and I know a lot of people can and. 
take things personally and um you know but especially with writing as well it's um I found it very helpful coming from an acting background of you know edits the simple thing of someone you know offering up uh, a criticism like a valid criticism because that's the important thing to remember as well as when you're working in a team people aren't going to be suggesting things for any other reason than it's you know you know it's going to be really helpful to the final product and it's just helpful to remember that as well yeah mm. have you I mean I know that your book has been brilliantly received have you had to deal with any negative reviews or or have you just ignored them do you know what I don't know like I read like the newspaper ones because that's fun isn't it <laughs> um, I know a lot of actors and a lot of authors who don't read their reviews I don't read below the line that's that way no, madness never lies read the comments yeah just yeah just block that part of the screen <laughs> but no I'm lucky I haven't really um everyone's been you know touch wood uh, very positive about it so good yeah. glad to hear it mm. your fifth piece of advice is actually a quote from someone who we have had on this very podcast actually ah. was he on it we've had oh. queer eye on the podcast you had him on the phone was he, oh, I think he was on the phone he, he okay. was on the phone yeah. sure um so yes your fifth piece of advice is from jonathan van ness of queer eye yes tell me what this is um well first of all i absolutely love queer eye i'm i'm in the third series at the moment but yeah, I absolutely love it. So my quote is, um, learning as much as I can, forgiving myself as I go, honey. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not going to do his voice. <laughs> um, Which is a shame. Yes. I just think it's, oh God, he's, they're all full of so much good advice. Um, it's just like a joy to watch it really, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's like, so heartwarming. It's so heartwarming and they're just, they've got, they've got so much kindness and joy for life which is, you know, um, in short supply at the moment, everywhere, I think. Yeah. So I just, with, with this particular quote, I just, I think it's really important to forgive yourself for things and not just like, not big things like, uh, you know, whatever, like emotional stuff. Um, but just like, as again, as an actor and a writer, like the creative process is about making mistakes. Like that's what rehearsals are for. That's what drafts are for when you're writing. I mean, if if I was worried about like getting it perfect, then I don't think I ever would have written a first draft. Mm. And then also like in in a personal sense, like well, we all we all grow as people as we get older. And and then I think there's this idea of like having like a sort of solid, like rock solid sense of like what you like and what you don't like. And um, I think that's very limiting. Um, so yeah, I think that idea of like learning as you go on, you know, you can make mistakes or you can even enjoy things and then you can move on and it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Do you look back on anything with regret or is there even, you know, are there photos that you look at and cringe at why you thought that was a good outfit? Oh my God, or? of course. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, like, uh, that's the thing about advice as well. Like, I'm sure you've had people say it on the show. It's like, some people give terrible advice. Yeah. And um, when you're young and you're like coming into an industry, you, um, you listen, you listen. If someone's older than you, you're like, they must know what they're talking about. It doesn't occur to you to look at what they're wearing or, right, sure. <laughs> or, or how their stuff's going. Um, but yeah, no, obviously, yeah, you look back at things and you're like, why am I wearing that lipstick? <laughs> Who told me that was good? Um, and your final piece of good advice, what's this one? Yeah, this is um, really simple and I suppose kind of cliched. It's the self-care thing of be kind to yourself. Um, but I feel like I'm... I'm only just sort of getting into this. Um, it's just the idea of like listening to the signals that your body's sending you. I was always in that mindset of like, um, 
certainly when I was a teenager and in my 20s, of like, you know, live each day like it's your last. But that is not good. That's not a good idea. Not for your adrenal anything. It's definitely not a good idea. Very stressful. Yeah, really stressful. And you don't have to like achieve everything in, you know, in a day. You know, it's just, it's just crazy. And um, I think a lot of women, they pride themselves on like achieving everything, having everything and doing everything. And also putting up with a lot of things um, like, you know, priding yourself on your stoicism or going like... Um, you know, uh, I'll, I'll just finish all this and then I'll I'll sit down and I'll have a cup of tea, you know. And yeah. it's just that thing of I, I'm, I'm definitely only just beginning to do this myself of going, no, I'm going to have a cup of tea now. Yeah. And it's not selfish. <laughs> I just want a cup of tea. And I'll probably do everything else afterwards much better because I've had a relax. Because we've been sold this idea for so long of, you know, you're stronger if you keep going and you're stronger if you... But I think there's a lot of strength in vulnerability or just saying... or setting boundaries for yourself and saying... Right now, I just need a glass of water. Yeah. Or I'm going to the toilet. Like, even that thing of, like, in meetings. Like, I remember I used to, like, in, in like, uh, read-throughs for things, I'd be like, I'll oh, just wait, I'll wait till it's finished. and hold it. for a wee. <laughs> now I just stand up. I'm like, what's anyone going to do? We're not, we're not at school anymore. You know, you, you get fed this idea of, like, there are certain things that come before, like, bodily needs. Yeah. Or, like, yeah, so um, just that thing of listening to your body and taking a nap if you're tired and having a snack if you're hungry and, you know, not going to the gym if you don't feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. What are the things that you do for self-care? Well, yesterday I... Oh, it was so good. Um, <laughs> I was do- I'm doing some edits uh, at the moment, and um, and then I was like, uh, I just thought, no, oh, I'm a bit tired, so I just went into the living room and uh, and had a little kip. Oh, half lovely! An hour and hour, which is which I know is is very I'm very lucky that I work for myself and I can do that. But you know, when you're self-employed, sometimes you can be the worst boss anyone has ever had. Yeah, you'll get up first thing in the morning, and you won't have breakfast, and you'll work, and then you'll work until it's dark outside. So, I think. Just that simple thing of like, okay, so if you've got a pet or whatever, would you do that to your pet? Yeah. <laughs> it's a very simple thing. Like, I've got a dog. Would I tell my dog it couldn't have any food until it had done all the housework? <laughs> no. So, yeah. <laughs> just, uh, you know, taking breaks for yourself and yeah. just basic self-care. Treat yeah. yourself as you would a much-loved yes, chihuahua, exactly. for example. <laughs> okay. And that brings us on to your piece of bad advice. Is this something that somebody actually has said to you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's an industry-wide thing, really. Um, Certainly with acting. I know when I started out, it was uh, at drama school. This was a much peddled idea. Um, The idea of saying yes to everything. Okay. And um, I, I know you've had this a couple of times, but it's so true. I mean, first of all, you can't do everything. You just, there aren't enough hours in the day. Um, You have to, you have to pick things yeah um at the start of my career like I would sort of uh, work seven day weeks um I would cancel holidays for auditions and all those sorts of things and it's not just um it's not just me I mean it's a basic sort of everyone sort of tends to do this when they're starting out and um it's kind of like you need to set your own boundaries because otherwise you're just gonna just gonna get tired and you're just gonna start to um not really enjoy it um so yeah I think it's I think you need to you need to yeah have very clear boundaries on what what you do say yes to and what you don't say yes to 
I, I like obviously we've all got to make a living um, yeah. so you've got to do a certain amount of things <laughs> don't say no to everything but I mean you know if you've got if the money's coming in and you're doing all right there's a point where you can just say I don't find this interesting yeah and again it's like the self-care thing it's like it's like just being not strong enough but just clear enough about what you want and don't want to say I don't find that very interesting yeah it's just I don't not want for me. to do it yeah it's just not for me and there are other things I would rather do well, you know, I'd rather pursue something different. Well, that's all of your advice. Before I let you go, can you just, for, for my own hope purposes, can you yeah. just confirm you are writing another novel? Yes, I am. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm Excellent. in the finishing stages of that. Yeah. Okay. So when do you think we might be able to expect that? Is it in the next um, I think year that's or two? scheduled for release uh, January 2020. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Cool. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much to Catherine Steadman and make sure you order your paperback copy of Something in the Water now. If you like the Grazia Life Advice podcast, please subscribe, rate it, review it or share it. See you next week for more advice from women worth listening to. 